Konnichiwa, my friends. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Master Samurai Tech Radio. Back yes. After a long hiatus. And uh, this is a podcast for appliance techs by appliance techs. Today is February 21st, 2017, and this is episode 19. We're your hosts, Samurai Appliance Repairman. And Mrs. Samurai. And we run MasterSamuraiTech.com and Appliantology.org. Yep. So, as I mentioned, we've been away for a while, but we're still here. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we've got to have some big news to talk about. We just got back from the Annual Service Training Institute in San Diego that was held, what, last week? Two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, basically two weeks ago. Yeah. We, we had travel delays, so it seems like it, it was more recent. But uh, it, it was yes, an it adventure. Was in, it was in San yeah. Diego. Sunny San Diego, except it was cloudy most of the time we were there, except for the two holdover days. But yeah, I so know. what we wanted to do today is just recap what went on at the Annual Service Training Institute. Uh, we got to meet a lot of people there, but a lot of people couldn't go. So we thought we'd give them a little info on what kinds of things go on there and what they can expect. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, of course, the ASTI, as it's abbreviated, ASTI, uh, abbreviated. So uh, we have technical training, business training presentations and we a ought, lot of go ahead we ought to mention that it's put on by the united servicers association right correct it's a big that. annual event it is usa united servicers association so yeah so we'd start off with the technical training and just for, mm -hmm. i did mostly the technical training and talked <laughs> about what i did on that i went through i pretty much focused on just going to the high-end stuff because really what i'm finding what we're seeing in our service business it's just the technical stuff that's worth even going out on service calls anymore. Pretty much your low-end stuff, Whirlpool VM washer and the global wash system dishwasher. A lot of the low-end stuff that's three to $400, it's almost not even worth doing uh, going out on service calls anymore because your repairs run really close to it, and we're finding a lot of right. customers don't opt for it. So we're, we're tending in our service business to focus on the high-end stuff. So to that end, I went to training on Sub-Zero Wolf, DCS, Bertazzoni, um, they all put on excellent training. There were there were some others too, but right. we all and you get those. you get some swag too, like it this. Is, that is some cool. That's, that's a nice leather. Sub Zero, yeah. That's real leather there. So a nice notebook. Um, but yes, and also attended training from Master Samurai Tech. Huh? Who's that? <laughs> yeah, so I actually uh, put on on uh, Tuesday. It's like the day before the actual manufacturer training starts. They'll have um, sessions on basic electricity, basic refrigeration, and then they added a new one this year that they had us teach on basic mm -hmm. troubleshooting. I think they called it basic diagnostics. But the idea is um, that what we did, it's the content of what, what we did in the training, all-day training sessions, so AM and PM, and the PM was largely a repeat of the AM. Mm -hmm. um, so what we did is, is, if any of you are at Master Samurai Tech or at Appliantology.org, um, you can, the past, we've been doing a series of webinars, workshop webinars on troubleshooting using the 10-step tango troubleshooting procedure, um, something we developed at Master Samurai Tech, specifically to help structure tech's thinking in how they're approaching an electrical problem on an appliance. What mm -hmm. we're finding is some students we know they know the knowledge, they test for it, they understand the technology, circuits, variable frequency drives and all that stuff, but they have trouble actually organizing their thoughts on a service call. Right, so they get thrown by little things and end up going down the wrong going rabbit, down rabbit hole. Holes. 
or thrown by customer misinformation. Yeah. Uh, customers don't mean to mislead, but maybe they're you know, particularly uh, you know engineer customers who know everything, right? So um, they uh, will mislead unintentionally and a tech um, maybe being unsure of themselves or the customer sounds so erudite and so uh, well-informed. It's like, oh gosh, well, maybe this could be a shortcut. And it usually ends up being a dead end rabbit hole. So what we did is uh, to address this problem uh, is we developed this uh, Master Samurai Tech 10-step tango troubleshooting procedure. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're teaching. And that's what we've been teaching in the series of workshops at Master Samurai, on the webinars, uh, Master Samurai Tech and Appliantology. Right, and using so, uh, case studies to step yes. through and practice using the Right, the and tango. which means you've got to use the schematic um, when you're troubleshooting an electrical problem. I mean, how do you troubleshoot an electrical problem without even looking at the schematic? And I find a lot of techs are doing this because they're going off pattern recognition or asking uh, other techs, what problem have you seen with this, rather than actually troubleshooting. And there is right. a systematic procedure for troubleshooting. Uh, and in fact, there are 10 steps to troubleshooting electrical problems. Mm-hmm. So the, the basic format was uh, we would have a problem description, such as what you might typically find coming from your office, from your CSR at the office, complete with customer gobbledygook and their customer, you know, quote, diagnostics that uh, are really not worth anything. And so the, your first task as a technician is to parse through what is the appliance doing that it's should not be doing, what is it not doing that it should be doing, everything else, especially including customer diagnostics, you disregard because you have to personally verify that information to yourself. You're not interested that they think it's the belt, they think it's the evaporator fan motor, whatever it is. Right, you want symptoms, not their diagnosis. Right, right, and that's why you're there. That's why you're the professional tech on the scene making the big money. So, right. and that, so you start off with that. You first have to parse through, come up with your problem statement. Then you work through with your schematic analysis. And that's what we did. We, did, we had like eight of these case studies set up and uh, where we worked through, identify the load of interest, do a circuit analysis on that load of interest, uh, and then select your appropriate test measurements, you know, uh, come up with a hypothesis, what you think might be the problem, uh, and then com- uh, select appropriate electrical measurements to verify that or disprove that hypothesis and can proceed on that way. It's the whole 10-step tango um, right. that we've developed. And people can actually download that at, um, let's say, go to master, M-A-S-T-R, without, so it's master without the E, master.tech.tech slash T-S tango. You can download the 10-step tango there. Um, in fact, we ought to put that in the description of the, this video on YouTube. Yes, good idea. So, yeah. Um, then it'll so it's be... really interesting to do a live training class. We've been online for all wow. these years. You do live webinars, but yeah. to be live in person in front of a bunch of students. And fortunately, a lot of them were being very interactive, which was great. But it also, yeah. <laughs> it made it quite the effort for you. Well, because it was a big room. Um, mm-hmm. So we had the morning session, probably had like 20 people, had probably maybe close to double that in the PM session. And it was a big room with no microphone. So I'm, I'm standing up the entire time talking at volume. I mean, so by the end of the day, I mean, I was just physically wrung out. And I'm an old guy, you know, so I, don't, I don't have the stamina I used to. But and then, you know, yeah. plus you're, you're on, you're on the entire time. So you've got to be, you know, answering questions, you're working through the process. And what we found was that uh, troubleshooting according to a structured disciplined format was really a new thing for a lot of techs there. We had techs in there with 20, 30 years of experience, and we're trying to, okay, identify what's our load of interest based on the symptoms that we're seeing. Um, and, and people were just like, 
it's an old habit. Throw out, mm-hmm. okay, it's this problem. Okay, bad control board. Okay, bad motor, whatever. Well, how do you test bad? You know, first off, how do you test? I looked on my meter, and we brought a couple of meters with us, and I didn't see a setting there for bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, I mean, you know, as techs, we we live and die by specs. That's that's how we determine Mm -hmm. if a component is, quote, bad or not. It is out of spec in some particular way. It's it's open. It's not getting sufficient voltage. I mean, whatever whatever the um, uh, problem is that you are able to actually measure electrically. So but right. that was, a, and we had mostly positive, very positive um, uh, re- reactions to it. Had a couple of uh, people that complained. One guy um, said, "Oh, too many schematics." Well, again, <laughs> that, that's uh, that's kind of um, uh, he's indicative. in the wrong trade. <laughs> yeah, well, it, and it is. It's kind of indicative of where the trade is today. That if if guys think they can troubleshoot an electrical problem without the schematic, mm-hmm. you're fooling yourselves. I mean, you, you may be able to get it fixed, but that's by pattern recognition. Uh, but you're, you know, you're, or you're, you've seen this problem before and it's this problem, or you heard from somebody on a forum somewhere that it was this. And so you replace that and wow, you got lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, that's getting it fixed. That's good. Good for you on that, but it's not troubleshooting. So we shouldn't uh, fool ourselves about that. And this is kind of the lost, lost art in the trade that we're yeah. trying to bring back. Yeah. No, I, I thought it went well, particularly for the first time we've done it in that format. Yeah. And, uh, but we already have ideas if we do it again next year. Um, to make it little, even better. A few little tweaks we would do. But yeah, so um, yeah. any of you guys thinking of going next year, you might have the opportunity to uh, participate. Yeah. And so, oh, one of, the, one of the things I wanted to mention about how we did the training is similar <laughs> again to how we do it on the webinars. So what I found was that I had to not disclose the brand of the appliance because yeah. as soon as you say you, know, you put up a you know you got a dryer problem and you put up the schematic and you say okay it's a ge dryer immediately everybody starts go, uh, going into that uh, di- uh, pattern recognition database. yeah they're like you can see it in front of their yeah. eyes okay ge dryer what have i seen okay. there before yeah, that, yeah. that's got to be the high limit that's, <laughs> that's got to be the heating oil that's got to be the timer motor and, and, yeah. and they're just like monkey jabbing throwing out things so you have to unplug that database and the way you mm-hmm. do that is Everything was Acme brand, so they right. didn't know what brand they were dealing with. And interestingly, they they weren't even a, a lot of them able to tell what brand it was by looking at the schematic because uh, I think a lot of guys aren't familiar with the schematic styles of a lot of the, the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. All have different styles of putting of how they show information on a schematic. Electrically, it's all the same. Electrons all work the same way, and they're showing everything correctly electrically. But they'll draw it in the different style, different types of line styles, different callouts for the components, that kind of thing. Right. And so unless you look at a lot of schematics from a lot of different manufacturers, you're not necessarily going to recognize a distinctive style. So even that wasn't a giveaway. Just right. we'd show the real actual schematic, but we'd call it uh, Acme dryer or Acme refrigerator. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that was a pretty effective technique for, again, trying to get everybody into the mode of applying the 10-step tango to working right. through and solving that problem. Well, what it shows people, because in, in reality, when you're doing service calls, you are going to access any anything you have in your mental database on the Everything's appliances. Everything's fair game on service call. Right. It's about getting it fixed. But we, we get contacted so often, do you teach this brand or that brand? Or, oh, I don't know how to work on this brand, Samsung's. Yeah. And so this exercise, part of the point of it is it shows you you can work on any brand. It, it could literally be something you've never heard of before. But right. you could look at their technical documents and figure out what to do and troubleshoot yeah, it's it. Mostly the schematic and the specification sheet. 
And if, mm -hmm. if you have those two things and you understand <clears throat> how to read schematics, understand basic electricity circuits and the basic technology that we work with today as appliance techs, both the digital and the analog stuff and the various types of motors and motor control systems that we encounter, um, you're, you're going to be able to figure it out because here's the secret. They all work the same way. None of the manufacturers are inventing new technology uh, right. and, and putting it in there. It may look a little different. That's just stylistic, though. That's not functionally different. Um, but they're, they're all pulling technology off the shelf and then implementing it in their appliances. And they may call things different things, like maybe Samsung calls uh, an inverter for a, uh, a variable speed compressor. Maybe they call it an inverter, an actual, actually what it is. Uh, maybe Whirlpool calls it a motor control unit or, or different names for it, or a VCC control box, the different manufacturers will call it that. So, it, but once you see that technology configuration on the schematic, you'll know exactly what they're talking about, regardless of what they call it. And so that was a kind of a, that's a key thing to get across. If you understand the fundamentals and the technology, which uh, again, I, I would say many techs today do not, but if you do understand that, you can troubleshoot anything. And then it's just mm -hmm. a matter of the particulars of disassembly and accessing components. And where do we get that? Well, I mean, obviously service manuals have them, but yeah. another fantastic place to get those or other tips from other techs is at Appliantology. Right. It's a great resource for um, ongoing issues that you're encountering in the field. Uh, download service manuals, tech sheets, and get help from your brethren in the craft. Also, YouTube. Just search YouTube. If you want to just know how to disassemble something, just search it like repair clinic, appliance parts pros. These sites have, if, if all you're wanting to do is, oh, how does that dispenser come apart there? Mm -hmm. yeah. Undoubtedly, there's a video showing you that. You don't right. need to pay for training on disassembly. Right. That's you, why we don't include it in no. ours. I mean, why charge people for stuff that's out there already? That's out there either for free or they can, they can download the service manual and get the, get the photographic step-by-step -step on how to do that. What mm -hmm. they really need is how to uh, troubleshoot and figure out what the problem is in the first place. And that's, that's, right. that's one of those this memes. This stuff that, up here. It's, 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 <laughs> a, it's that tool betwixt your ears. That's one of the memes, actually, that uh, kind of uh, moving on from that, that we've seen shifting at ASTI over the years. I mean, just three years ago when we were in San Diego again, the, the ASTI was back in San Diego three years ago. Um, the big buzz was, uh, oh, when, where do I get hands-on training? You know, mm -hmm. where do I fire, find a technician and get them hands-on training? And uh, what we, what I think, and we've tried, worked hard to try to change that meme is that you don't need hands-on training. What you need is brains-on training. You need to figure out how to think like a technician and how to, how to actually troubleshoot and understand the fundamentals of how things work. And then, you know, go to, go to YouTube, get the service manual, and then, you know, do your disassembly based on that. But right. uh, hands-on training is just, that's just real OJT, and then you're applying the mental tools that you've already acquired separately, like at Master Samurai Tech Academy. And bringing that to bear, coupled with the disassembly information that you've gotten either for free or somewhere else um, yep. from the service manual. So um, that was one thing that we were, I was glad to see shifting, too, because that was uh, a big – people were talking more about making technicians rather than hiring technicians, because that's, that's, that's really a big thing. They've realized that it's much more reliable – you get a better product, so to speak, if you – uh, hire someone based on character and then add the technical skills because it's relatively inexpensive and easy to add technical skills, but you can't change who the person is. Mm -hmm. And what people were finding was they'd, get, they'd hire an experienced, you know, quote, experienced tech. Um, and he, uh, he had a good repertoire of pattern recognition, but still couldn't troubleshoot. Um, right. And a lot of times it would come with other baggage as well. So 
Um, glad to see that train changing. And there's some, there were some other things in the business uh, courses that you mostly attended that right. you can tell For, us a little bit about. Yeah, for those of you who haven't been to an ASTE, they have two different tracks of training. They have the technical training with, I think most of the major manufacturers are there every year. Um, but they also have a series of business courses that are really helpful too. And so you get a mix of attendees who are both business owners uh, sometimes they're both a business owner and a tech, or they might be the business owner, and then a few of their technicians come along. What are some examples um, of some of the courses that you took? They do a lot of, uh, say, they did a really good class on online reviews, because that's mm. just, you know, so Hot critical today. today. Yeah. yeah. How, to, how to handle negative ones, how to get more positive ones, that kind of thing. Yeah. They have, they had a class on calculating your cost of doing business, which is critical. You know, if you're going to be able to stay in business, you need to know how to charge. And in order to know how to charge, you need to know what your cost of doing business really is. And it's not mm -hmm. what most people think. There's there's some technical uh, details to that. Uh, there was a good course on increasing your first call complete rate, the best practices to achieve that. Um, you and I both sat in on a CSR training, you know, how to uh, improve your uh, your CSR basically rate. your profitability by having a great CSR. So they had uh, other ones I wasn't able to go to because we also were uh, doing our trade show booth, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, they have some courses on accounting and legal issues. Um, so a whole, a whole swath of yeah, courses. Yeah, you almost, can learn almost, so much there. Almost too many. In fact, that was there were so many that uh, people had a hard time picking which ones they wanted to go to. So it's good right. if you go as like a team. So Ms. Samurai was doing mostly the business courses. I went to just one or two of them. Um, and then uh, myself, I went to most of the technical courses. I did help put on. I co-presented a, a talk at one of the business yeah. courses on tech training. Um, me and uh, Paul McDonald um, did that. Right. And, uh, so how, that to, was, uh, how to make a tech versus yes. hiring a tech. That whole idea of hiring a tech. Of course, the other thing that went on there was the trade show. Yep. Um, and we had a booth there. And it was, I yeah. tell you, it was, it was just great to be able to met so many students there, and as well as a plantologist over at yeah. Plantology. So that was cool. Because these people we deal with online and, and interact with uh, on an almost daily basis, and then uh, to actually meet them in person, that was, that was really neat. Oh, it's so much fun. And because people sometimes know, through these things, they know what we look like. You know, we'd all of a sudden hear Samurai. <laughs> everybody <laughs> so sees us. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see you guys, though. So it was so, good yeah. to see you. Good to see oh, everybody. It was so there much fun to meet people. To meet. And, and also to hear how, because you get different ideas and hear how people are using our resources for their businesses, either for mm -hmm. their training or using appliantology day to day, that kind of thing. And, and so it's really fun to, to hear how people are using it. Yeah, and we got a few good pictures and even a little mm -hmm. short, one little one-minute video clip of uh, me teaching the uh, troubleshooting class, and that's over at my blog at uh, appliantology.org. If you just go to Appliantology, the homepage, if you're on a desktop, and on the right-hand sidebar, you'll see the uh, blog section there, and I think it's the top one, but you'll see it. It's an annual service training institute, and then it right. goes dot, dot, but uh, you can also uh, mouse over up top and mouse over blogs and click blog, and you'll see it that way, right. too, but 
hunt and peck around, you'll find it's, yeah. it's pretty conspicuous. And that's so. open to anybody to see the blog. You don't have to be a member to, right. to read Correct. about it and see some of our pictures with it our friends. It is open to the public. Yeah, and if you got any pictures, too, if you're listening to this and you, you've got some pictures you want to add, please do. You can just post them and you're a member to Plantology. Just post the photo there and as a comment to the blog, and uh, that'd be a nice little addition. So I'd love to yeah. see it. And then well, oh, yeah. the other thing that went on there is uh, that, that goes on at these, because you get a lot of manufacturers, I mentioned some of them, um, Samsung and Whirlpool, of course, were also there. But one of the big memes that was put out at this ASCII uh, was the future of the appliance, uh, where, where appliances are going, uh, sort of the future trend. And uh, both Samsung and Whirlpool, of course, obviously big players, and they're all about the future is smart appliances. Right. Um, so, and it was a, a little more kind of Darth Vader-ish, the uh, Whirlpool VP who gave <laughs> the talk at, uh, at the banquet is, you know, yeah. futile type thing. It was kind of strange. Join us or else. And uh, uh, because that was basically his message was, you know, everything's going connected. Uh, with Samsung, all of their appliances are going to be Wi-Fi enabled in, in what, what, 2017? Right. All of their appliances coming out this year will have, will be wow. Wi-Fi enabled. And they're all, both Samsung and Whirlpool, they're all going to be tied in with the Amazon, what is it, Echo? Amazon mm -hmm. Echo system? That yeah. Alexa thing Alexa, that you can talk right, to. Right. And uh, with Whirlpool, one of the things they were saying, that some, to flesh out some of the ominous tone of it, was that uh, basically saying that if we don't join up with them and be one of their uh, servicers, we're going to be cut out of the loop because what's going to happen is, okay, Whirlpool appliance needs service, um, and it's going to be tied in with Alexa. And somebody says, oh, the, the washer's not working, whatever. And so immediately then a dispatch goes to a Whirlpool, I guess Whirlpool authorized service. Their database, yeah. Goes into their database. And uh, so that's, that's what's coming down the road. And so it potentially is a threat to independent servicers who aren't doing uh, Whirlpool warranty work uh, currently. Uh, yeah. Samsung may go the same way, but Samsung had a little, little brighter spin on the whole thing. Right, because they also are connected with this Amazon Echo, so I'm not sure how that depends on how connects, they implement it. But... I mean, the manufacturer is going to have a lot of leeway in what they do with that data, what they do with that service mm -hmm. call request. Will they make it an exclusive thing? I mean, they've got all kinds of leeway. And something we've talked about before was um, one of the things that's kind of frustrating the manufacturers is the uh, lack of accuracy in a lot of the troubleshooting that goes on. So it makes for a poor customer experience. And this is where they're focused. They're focused on their, their customer has one of their products. It's broken. They want it fixed. The customer's upset with the manufacturer, and they they just want it fixed. And well, they call out the authorized guy, and it it maybe it's two three trips before it gets fixed. So that's not a very good happy customer experience. They want right. it fixed the first time and done right. So what may be happening? I've got another blog post on this at Appliantology, and a lot of guys are, uh, you know, maybe wishfully thinking this isn't the case, but uh, that. We, uh, we could get cut out of the loop where we'll still have servicers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying appliance service will go away, but it could change if we don't up our game. This is one of, mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm seeing. That ability exists right now where diagnostics can be done remotely. They can build this all into software, and then they just dispatch the company with the part. And so we're reduced to minimum wage parts changers. Right. Um, that could, that is one viable possibility that is coming online. That technology exists today. The only question is, will they go that far? And I think part of the answer to that question lies with 
what will we do to up our game to make it undesirable for them to go that far? Because obviously it's got problems if they go that mm-hmm. way. It's not going to be perfect diagnostics, but they may be just running a, a pure numbers game and go, well, we, on, as a percentage, maybe we're, we have a higher probability of getting the appliance fixed the first time by doing it with the remote dispatch with the part thing, just, just send out the parts changer uh, with the part versus sending out a, you know, what, what we hope is a real technician who can actually troubleshoot and accurately diagnose the problem and get it fixed in the first trip or a second if they've got to order a part and come back. Right. Um, and then get their customer's problem resolved quickly. So, and techs well, need to stop say, sending boards back too that are actually right. good. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. There's this whole digital side to our trade today that a lot of techs are not um, up to speed on. And, you know, this involves uh, failure modes like loading down, where it can make it look like a board is bad when actually it's one of the DC loads that's bad. Again, I've got another blog post over at Appliantology that talks about loading down, um, mm-hmm. this little video, that, uh, short little video that uh, explains it. Um, that's one of the failure modes that we need to be aware of, to always be aware of when we're dealing with a control board with DC loads. Um, the, it can load down the DC power supply on that board. This whole idea of us being sort of short-circuited or at least reduced to minimum wage parts changers, there's a lot of um, resistance to that among techs. But, you know, guys, the newsflash is that technology is here. And I know there's a lot of people say, oh, that'll never happen, never happen. Well, they said that a long time ago about computers coming to appliances, and guess what? We're here. Uh, they said that about Internet-connected appliances, and we're here. So uh, it's just time to wake up and up our game. Uh, we could, I would hate to see that. I would, because appliance mm-hmm. repair is a fun trade. It's, it's fun to go out and solve problems and troubleshoot. It's kind of an icky feeling when you go out on a job and you don't know what's going on. Don't even have the first idea how you're even going to approach that problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's no way to go through life. And you don't need to. Uh, right. There's, there's no reason to go through life like that because this stuff is learnable and it's knowable. Well, that's the favorite big part of what we do. Yeah, that's the thing I love to hear. Um, uh, Somebody just wrote us the other day, a business owner who said that one of their techs just finished going through our training and is just on fire, is just so excited. You know, his performance is so much better. Right. Yeah, we've heard that from many business owners where it was a total game changer for a tech Mm -hmm. who was marginal or sub performing. And then they go through the training and well, now they're now they're getting it. Things click. Right. So it can happen. If, if you want to learn it, you can. Seek and you yeah. shall find. Yes. <laughs> um, now, a couple of, you know, sort of more positive things to say about this topic. One is that um, it, the representative from Samsung was saying um, that, I mean, and this indicates that they definitely see there still being very vibrant tech community or they want one. Because mm-hmm. he was saying that their hope is that this Wi-Fi connectivity and, and computerization of appliances will attract more young people into the trade. As we all know, it's kind of mm-hmm. an aging trade and we don't get as many young people going into it. Average so age this, is about 54 or early 50s somewhere nationally. Right. But, you know, computer technology is a little more sexy, you know, yeah. seeming maybe than you know, belts and motors. And so hopefully that will bring more young blood into the trade. Um, mm-hmm. And I was also going to just say it's, it's, a good reason to participate in a trade association like United Servicers and go to ASTI because there are a lot of independent techs there, uh, a lot of people who don't do much, if any, warranty work. And so it's kind of keeps that dialogue going between the independent servicers and the manufacturers because mm-hmm. all the manufacturers have representatives there. And those conversations are pretty important, I think, in um, 
you know, keeping this headed in a more positive direction for everybody. Yeah, when they see techs show up at their training and, and uh, they're getting this information, they, they take all this information back to, you know, their, their corporate headquarters. That all gets fed back. And that mm -hmm. gets put into the, into the grist mill of their, their decision matrix when they're deciding what they're going to do. How, how exactly are they going to implement these connected appliances as right. regarding service? They also know that we're in people's homes giving them recommendations on brands. That is, that is yes. one, one little bit little of power we kind of have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they, you know, there, there's this little, you know, back and forth communication that's yeah. going on. And some, it's... some manufacturers are much more sensitive to that uh, than others. So, you know, I think most manufacturers don't want servicers out there bad mouthing their appliances. Some of the manufacturers, however, just don't seem to care. Yeah. You know, for example, LG recently cut off all of their manual access, unless you're an authorized <laughs> service, you can't even buy access to um, get like you can with Whirlpool, you can you can buy access to download Whirlpool service manual right. tech sheets. GE, same deal. Um, you can't do that with Whirlpool. Uh, I mean, with LG, and and that's that's a huge mistake. I mean, so what brand? If you're a servicer and you you don't do warranty work for LG, are you going to recommend LG if a customer needs a replacement appliance? I mean, I know we don't, um, right? Because it's I'm not I'm <clears throat> thinking for myself. I'm not going to be able to get the manual to be able to do any service on it. So. Right. Uh, it's not in the customer's best interest to uh, make that recommendation. So yeah. they're, they're, they have different levels of um, uh, awareness or sensitivity to that. Oh, and that was one other thing too. Reminds me, Samsung used to have this MCP app. They've got a now they're they're fading that out. They've got a new like SGT, I think it is. It is another way for independent servicers who don't do warranty work on Samsung to still access Samsung fast tracks and service mm -hmm. manuals and things. So Samsung is doing um, what it can and it's making good, good inroads. It's doing right. outreach to get uh, tech information out to independent servicers. So kudos for that. Yeah. Always have to encourage anything yeah. like that in the manufacturers. Yep. So, wow. well, I think that's, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? That is it. I think that's enough for now. We uh, we yeah. did have several people comment to us on our podcasts. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we, we've always wondered, you know, how many people listen. And, and so it was fun to hear some people say that they enjoy them. And, but they're, uh, if they actually listen to it, even though, you know, yeah. one of the, we just never know. Because, I mean, we'll put... Um, We'll put an episode. It's a lot of, you know, work and time and planning. It, it's, it takes, you know, time and stuff. And you just like, got to get around, interrupt the day and do it. It's fun to do when we're doing it. I know. It's always uh, fun once we get started. But you never know how much are people actually, how much do they value it. So if you do, I mean, leave a review on, uh, what is it, iTunes. Uh, let's, that yeah. makes a huge difference in the visibility of it. It also lets us know that what we're doing, you know, it's worth, us, worth it for us to, um, right. to, put, to produce these and, and put them out there. Let Click us know the, uh, the thumbs up thing on YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. Yeah, and, and if it's not, then, then uh, you know, let us know that too. And we just, we just won't do this, uh, do these anymore. But um, yeah. they are kind of fun to do. But yeah. um, if you, so if you guys like it, if we just, that's kind of what we were getting chirp chirps. And so <laughs> not a whole lot of feedback or reviews or anything. So uh, we kind of, well, we've got higher priority things to do with the, uh, um, well, we've had some big projects going on, the Sub-Zero course. Um, yeah. Prerequisite core. I don't know if we mentioned that here. We have not mentioned it here. We had it in a newsletter. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that was a big course, uh, a big mm -hmm. project that we had put in out, the prerequisite um, training that we put, uh, that we developed for um, Sub-Zero to, um, uh, for their uh, student.
students who are technicians who are going to be going to their factory training. So there's a, a prerequisite training. Part of Sub-Zero's effort to level up uh, techs and, and bring in these fundamental technical and troubleshooting skills, and that's, that's the whole structure of the course. Give a little bit right. of uh, background information, and then immediately go into the 10-step tango, and then any kind of um, technical information we need to bring up is done in the context of doing an actual troubleshooting case study, uh, whether it's learning about motors or learning about thermistor control or microprocessor, serial data communications, variable frequency drive systems. That's all done in the context of actually troubleshooting a problem with the refrigerator. So right. when we finish this, then we got to turn right around and do the work on the Wolf course. So. Right. So yeah, we've oh, it does big, make reminds me to um, work on with with this. So that what I might just to wrap up, come full circle on that point is that if um, if this is valuable to people, let us know because otherwise we've got tons of other things buying for our time that we mm -hmm. you know we work on and, and so. But we're always happy to do this if this is useful to yep. people. Sorry, I couldn't get my cat to show up. <laughs> One guy was uh, saying, "Oh, I want your cat. I want to see your yeah, cat no. again because he's he's made a surprise appearance on a couple of these in the oh, past." Oh, where's Dobby? Uh, I think he's upstairs snoozing. Okay. It's it's in winter in New Hampshire. Our cats kind yeah. of go into hibernation mode. Is he, but... is he camera shy? Oh, he's just he's just he just doesn't just know. Going for the bed. and and he will not let me pick him up, so I didn't even try. Yeah. Um, one oh, quick right. tidbit, you remember when you were describing the, the Sub-Zero course that I re realized would be good to point out. Anybody listening to this, um, and it's uh, February 21st, 2017, uh, that has access to the Fundamentals course, we are going to be doing some um, changes to the troubleshooting module this week, incorporating that 10-step tango process. So. Yeah. Um, that that's going to be happening over the next few days. So I'd say by next week, it'll all be, and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll shoot out a newsletter too, but, um, anybody who's got access to the course, even if you've already finished it, you might want to go back and see some of the new content we're going to add. Oh, and by uh, the way, if, rearrange. Want to get, if you want to get on our newsletter, it's mst.buzz. Yeah. B-U-Z-Z. mst.buzz. And then yep. that'll get on a newsletter. You can keep apprised with changes that we're making to the courses that may affect you or things that are projects we're working on or things that just might be of interest to you uh, right. as a tech in the industry. So. All right. All right. So um, that's it then. A whirlwind uh -huh. episode here. And I uh, oh, want to remind people of our web addresses. Yes. MasterSamuraiTech.com and Appliantology.org. Right, MasterSamuraiTech.com is our tech training site, and Appliantology.org is our tech support site. So different missions, different websites. We right. run them both, but they're totally different websites. So uh, uh, just a reminder that a an account or membership at one does not automatically transfer to a membership right. at other. Totally different databases and everything. Yep. So, yep. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thanks for hanging with us for a little bit. And uh, if we saw you nasty, great to see you. And yeah. if we didn't, hope to see you next year. It's going to be in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, until then, until the next episode, sayonara. Bye.